Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Eddie McDook. As always, I'm joined by Dr. Hoji Lecter Kismoji and John Sheen. And guys, we have some really good news here. We have the return of Frank Pollack. Now, here's the thing. Okay, everybody is so excited about this. And so I really wanted to get into what happened. Why is this a big deal? And so yeah. the first thing I did is I researched what is a Frank Pollack. I ended up, long story short, I ended up in Costco and I bought five boxes of Alaskan Pollack uh, burgers, which I know, you know, Hoji probably is not very uh, happy about. But I moved on and I said, okay, who is Frank Pollack? Now, John, I don't have the exact information in front of me. Okay, but I, I think that he played with like Zach Taylor's brother, you know, in college. And then he coached under his mother-in-law or something. Uh, previously, right? I mean, he has a lot of family ties to... But, but uh, John, here's my question. Is if he has so many ties to Zach Taylor, like we see with, with, uh, with, with Bill Callahan and Mike Sherman and all that, why wasn't he retained when Zach Taylor was hired? And, you know, why was he willing to come back now? We don't know that for sure. We just know that Zach wanted Jim Turner uh, when he came on here. And it was basically saying that, yeah, like, you know, we have a guy in mind. Unfortunately, it's not you, you being Frank. And Frank knew he had opportunities elsewhere. So they just kind of mutually separated. And that's just kind of what it was. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that those ties didn't exist back in 2019. He, he just made the wrong decision in trying to bring in Jim Turner. And now they're back to square one, essentially. Well, I guess the next question is, John, what happened in New York? You know, why didn't the Jets want to retain him? So the Jets hired him in 2019. And I'm just going to read you off a list of names that he had to work with. Brandon Snell, Kelvin Beecham, Alex Lewis, Jonathan Harris, Brian Winters. Next year, 2020, you know, Connor McGovern, George Fant, Greg Von Rodden, and Mekhi Beckin, who was a first-round pick. Like, the, not a lot of good names, obviously. There's not I would a lot say of from a rock-and-roll perspective, Von Rodden is a perfect name. That's now, true. football, let's so, but yeah. if you... If you could go far in the music business with the name Van Ratten. No, he was hired with Adam Gase. Adam Gase was fired for two years because yeah. Adam Gase is a garbage head coach. And everyone on that staff was available to look elsewhere. And that's that's why he's back. Okay. So, I mean, I guess the thing is generally, you know, it's, it's very, it's a long shot for a coach to remain after the head coach like a position coach to remain, right? Is that what you're saying? Is like it was seen as a complete failure. They wanted to start fresh. Well, they kept special teams. Yeah, because Darren Simmons had been there for 15 years. You know, he He's had awesome. like certain no, no, ties I, to the organization. Yeah, that's true. No, no, I was talking about with the Jets. I'm saying, so what you're saying is the Jets were a complete failure. And so they just cleaned house. It wasn't necessarily that Pollock did a bad job. Because they were allowing 40, 50 sacks. No. He was one of the best coaches for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Well, look, uh, here's the reality of the situation. Pollock was uh, offensive line coach for uh, one year, I believe, at the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Is that right? One year? It was mm-hmm. just one year. It was the best. But it, was, it was the best year. It was the best year running the ball, and I think even protecting the quarterback. And, and we know that Mixon was happy with him and unhappy with his departure. He tweeted about that and was very open about it and very open about being happy when he came back. Which means because we all know that the the offensive line coach is also designs the running game and all that. And so he had a lot of success in that one year at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now he didn't have all that much success with the Jets, but I agree with John that the issue wasn't really so much Pollock in those two years that he was at the Jets. The issue was the personnel. I mean, you, it's a talent driven. I know that someone on the show, I can't remember if it was me or John said that offensive linemen don't need feet. I think that with John, that's silly. They need feet. Uh, they need talent. They need to be uh, talented people. And they did. he didn't have the personnel to work with at the Jets. And I think the lesson of that is that despite all of our excitement, if the Bengals aren't going to actively, actively bring, and I think John has said, more veteran kind of expensive type offensive linemen, Frank Pollock is the answer. I'm happy he came. I was the one who was saying bring him back the whole time. But he is not an elixir that you swallow and suddenly your team is good. There still is a lot of work that needs to be done. No, that's a good point because in 2018, if you remember, you know, they added a lot to the offensive line. They traded for Cordy Glenn. They drafted Billy Price. They signed Bobby Hart to that one-year deal at the time. So they added guys and they had turnover there, but it just wasn't the right guys. So they had the right idea in terms of giving Pollock a fresh sleep, but they need to do better this time in terms of investing in the right players to give him the personnel to succeed. Because if they just go into 2021, like Oji said, and expect him to make the current starters and the current depth chart just work, that they're setting him up for failure for sure. Thank you. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair, but but I just want to point this out when we're talking about personnel, right? With that 2018 team, I mean, he was starting to get a lot out of the guys that he had, like Billy Price and you know even Bobby Hart. And these guys were performing better under him then really i mean then then they have you know at any other time i mean definitely with billy price i mean i think he had a couple of solid games toward the end i think i think his pass protection was in the 60s or something right it was pretty it was okay so so yeah here's the thing i think i honestly think that the joe burrow injury is the only way the Bengals are going to actually spend on offensive line because they hate the spending on offensive line. I think that is what's going to push them to do something. Are they going to, for instance, splash on two big offensive linemen and really fix in the free agents? I, I doubt it. That the, That's just so far from their, their nature. I think... I think they probably get like a second tier offensive lineman, if I were to guess, like one of those. And then they probably... Yeah. May I interrupt? Yeah. I mean, am I being very naive here? But don't the Bengals have in their back pocket a, how should we say, all season ticket pass to a good offensive lineman if they trade their first round pick for something? I mean, they have like a fifth pick, number five pick. Nobody really knows exactly what to do with that pick because at the no, number no. five position, they're there's nothing to be done. Hoji. Look, Jump first down. of all, you- first of all, no, first of all, we, we, the draft experts, so me, you, and, and I guess John too, right? We are all, the, the draft experts, we are the uh, scouting on the Twitter and the stuff. We are often very, very wrong when it comes to what NFL teams are thinking. So Sewell could be there at number five. You know, something could happen. You know, we don't know what, what this, how the draft is going to play out, you know, first of all. Uh, but second of all, John, here's the thing. I wanted to ask you about drafting, right? Unless we land a Sewell, like we said, the Bengals really only know how to scout and draft when the the answer is staring them in the face. How does Polak help in terms of evaluation? Because that was our problem. 
right? That was a problem, definitely. You know, I would say even with Paul Alexander, that was a problem. And with uh, Jim Turner, I mean, he had a lot of problems, but he didn't help in terms of evaluation either, right? So is Paul, because, you know, we expect our offensive line coaches to do the scouting. Is he going to help with that? Do we know anything about his talent in that regard? I think a lot of that speaks to who he's worked with in the past. We can go back to Dallas when he had Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, all guys that he helped, or aside from Smith, because he was drafted in 2011, all guys that he helped add onto the team and then develop into the players they currently were or they currently are today. And I, I think that you know speaks to just the qualities that he typically looks for. Um, the fact that he coached under Bill Callahan, who is the best offensive line coach in the game, and he re- looks for the same types of players. Back in 2018, like Pollock was all in on on Frank Ragnall, and then Ragnall was taken a pick before, and the Bengals just you know stuck their tail between their legs and picked the next best player at the position who they thought was the next best player in Billy Price. So it, they were all in on on Ragnall, and if they had gotten him, he would be a Pro Bowl center for the Bengals right now. They'd be in a lot better position. But yeah, I think Pollock knows what to look for in an offensive lineman. I think he obviously knows how to coach them up and maximize whatever abilities that they have. But I think there's definitely going to be an improvement on in the scouting department because with Jim Turner, like th- there was never a point in Turner's coaching career where he brought in and developed top tier talent. It was it was always just underwhelming results. And that's what th- they've gotten since then. Like Jonah Williams was an obvious pick in 2019 because everybody, every offensive line coach would like a Jonah Williams. But other than that, it's been it's it's been nothing of the positive sort. So there's definitely improvement in that regard to Pollock. Well, and and let's just say also Jim Turner. I mean, he also really hurt the team in terms of the negative energy and mojo that he brought to the locker room, which we saw in the interviews that we had with people who had worked with him. They seemed frightened. They seemed scared. They seemed to kind of admire him, but it definitely seemed to be like a big brother kind of welcome to the Marines kind of atmosphere that I think is not conducive to this to today's NFL, which is a lot more, th- these are young guys. I mean, these are young guys in the newer generation. Th- they they answer better to encouragement and friendliness than they do to those older measures that I think Jim Turner was bringing to it. But John, I have a question for you. Pollock, and I'm a big Pollock fan. So this comes from a place of love. But Pollock did have uh, some opportunities to spend. I do believe that the Jets were spending on the offensive line. Uh, 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 what went wrong? Uh, uh, I mean, what went wrong with the, in New York? What went wrong with the Jets? It was the same thing as the Bengals. Like they spent a first round pick on Mackay Becton, who Pollock helped him become one of the better starting rookie left tackles in recent history. Like Becton was tremendous for the Jets. They didn't have anybody else. Like they they, they invested, but they invested in the wrong players. Like it's the Jets. You know, it, you you don't put all of that on Pollock. You know, telling these telling them to bring these guys in. At the end of the day, the Jets have a general manager in, in Joe Douglas, and they made those personal decisions, and they made those decisions wrong. And that's what happened with, with, with that. But I do agree with Daddy on his, on his previous point. Like the Bengals typically don't do things outside of the norm unless like something drastic happens because they're very reactionary with that. Like last year, they spent all this money on the defense because they knew it was in such a dismal state and they knew they had money to spend. After Joe Burrow, you know, goes down with the torn ACL and MCL because of the bad offensive line, I think that is like the spark that urges him urges them to spend in ways that they've never spent before on the offense line. And like, like you said, it might not be too high price for agents, but it could, it could be one and it could be like a mid tier and at another position. And it could be, you know, one or two draft picks, actual draft picks to address the issue. So I do think that that 
is something that can trigger them to do things that they've never done before. And now that they have a guy in Pollock who they can trust to develop the guys that they already have, but also to maximize the, the guys that they're going to bring in. Angie's list is now Angie and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Okay, guys, look. Okay, yeah. So I want to talk about the actual practical, real effect of having Pollock. Okay, so so you guys alluded to it before. But John, you wrote an article for CincyJungle.com uh, talking about how the year that they had Pollock, they were 18th in expected points added per rush. And Joe Mixon basically had a career year. And I think they had their best yards per, per carry since 1989, if I'm not mistaken, right? And and they they were eleventh in terms of sacks allowed. Now, I don't know about pressures, but but even the pass protection. And you guys got some yeah, pass that's, protection. That's very misleading. Got- misleading. So the pressures. There was a lot of pressures. Or is it Andy Dalton getting the ball out quickly? They were a bottom ten team in pass blocking grade and pass blocking efficiency, and okay. they were only that decent in allowing sacks because Dalton got the ball out quicker than almost right. any other quarterback. So let's let's pretend I didn't bring up pass blocking for a second. So <laughs> so okay, no, but okay, but okay. Here's the thing, John. So. This was after Wittfurt left. This was after Zeitler left. This was, I mean, this was a bad offensive line, if you look at it, right? I mean, I think we had Clint Bowling. That was it, right? And, and so let's just talk about the run game because we've had real problems since Pollock left. Here's what I want to say. Is it like the f- philosophy, there's technique, but there's also the philosophy, you know, like Matt Menich wrote the article talking about the movement and the, and the outside zones, the inside zones, the tosses, the, all that kind of second level blocks, all that kind of stuff that allows, that allows Joe Mixon to be Joe Mixon, which is allows him to pick his lanes and to cut at, at very timely times, right? And, and that is what we were missing was the kind of the, the flow. Do you get what I'm saying, John? I mean, so I, I don't I don't think the Bengals are going to put out a, a top 10 uh, in terms of talent offensive line. But even working with what they have, I could see the running game taking off. And in turn, obviously, the, the pass, it would put less pressure on Joe Burrow. What do you think? That's yeah, fair. I think when when he was asked about his preferred scheme, like Pollock mentioned, the wide zone is great because he said, quote, you can maximize your running lanes because that's what it is. Like you start off on like a stretch play and your reads go from outside to in, right? So you have three gaps to really work with for that side that you're running with. And if just one of them are open, Mixon has the athleticism to plant his foot in the ground and cut up field. Like the reason why we saw guys like Samaj P. Ryan and Giovanni Bernard have more success with what the Bengals had to work with uh, this past year is because they had to change that scheme up because they didn't have the talent or they didn't have the coaching to maximize whatever scheme they were trying to run. So they were just trying to make something work. And, the, the, you know, the other running backs, aside from Mixon after he got hurt, had a little bit more success because they're just more suited for that style of running. You know, Mixon is, is his own guy through and through. And he loves to he loves to cut it back and he loves to get upfield and, and work off of, off of his blockers. So the vision is definitely there to maximize what they have with Mixon. It's just a matter of maximizing the personnel on the offense line and adding some guys that can do it better than who they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to clarify something to the viewer out there who likes to get to the point of all this. I think the point of all this is that with a little bit of improvement in the run, running game and in pass protection, with a an elite and once-in-a-decade type quarterback, as we all know Joe Burrow is, 
with a little bit of improvement, you're going to see a lot of result. It's no wonder that when you look at the, the teams that performed the best this year, they all had really good offensive lines. The ones that come to mind anyways. I mean, look at the way the Browns are overperforming. Everybody thinks that Baker Mayfield is now a superstar. They're overperforming because that running game is amazing. And it's a great offensive line. And same with the Bucks, I think. And same with, Aaron, even though I love Aaron Rodgers, I actually see Joe Burrow like Aaron Rodgers and that they both think so well on, on their feet and they think so well in, 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 in pressure kind of situations that they elevate the game and the offensive line. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to do that. So yeah. in other words, I think that we don't need a lot to get a lot. Do you get what I mean? No, no. And, and I mean, just we have a couple of minutes left. But just quickly, I want to say, yeah, I mean, so, so you know, there's a question of, like you're saying, John, he wants to bring in guys that fit what he's trying to do. And actually, the p- people posted the old interview of Pollock when he was first hired with the Bengals back then and how he's looking for nasty, right, but, but not like frat boys. He wants people that, you know, uh, uh, have integrity and work hard. Basically, oh, proud. proud, you know, people that take pride in their work. No, boys that proud. take pride. Yeah. No, no. Hey, hey. By oh. the way, by the way, yeah. Daddyo, yeah. I, I don't know if you're willing to share my screen, but the photo has appeared of the recent insurrection of the Capitol, and I zoomed in okay. and saw. And can you share my screen? No. There's a mustachioed village island-looking guy. That's impossible. Anyways. But anyways, yeah, I think I mean, the real question. Speaking, of, okay, speaking well, of insurrections, I think the real question is how did the Bengals get Frank Pollock back? Was this an ultimatum made to Zach Taylor? Was it like if you don't get rid of Turner and bring back Pollock, you're gone? No, it, it was probably the front office imposing him upon them because he had success there and they know that they need to protect Burrow and do what worked. Taylor's call. It was Taylor's call. It was Taylor's, it was Taylor's call. But see, okay. that's surprising. That's amazing. So Taylor had the foresight. So see, that makes me respect Taylor a lot, actually. If Taylor made this okay. decision, Taylor made this call, I actually respect the man because it takes a big man to say I was wrong. Yeah. Okay, guys. Before we end, look, we have to be fair to Jim Turner. Okay, he was he was a coach for the Bengals. So, what is his legacy? What does he leave behind? I know, John, he brought in the the innovative technology of. I was just reading real quickly of of blow up dolls, which I think are a cheaper and bouncier alternative to the traditional sleds they use in practice. And I don't know, what are you guys gonna miss about him? When Vikings used yeah. to have funerals, they would put their chiefs on a burning raft and set them adrift, and. I think that's the best way to say farewell to Jim Turner. You know, set his car tires on fire, let the man put it in neutral and let the man roll away. I think we've had what we've had. I'm sick. I'm, I, I never wanted him here. And thank goodness he's gone. Bless his soul. But sayonara. Okay. With that, John, we are going to have to end the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. We will see you next time. So long. SVT. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.